0: Boys and girls, I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to write a Project-based, competency-based education. Online and hybrid classes. Demand every disruption of global education systems in history. I'm Jimmy Leonard. This is Kickin' It New School. Thinking critically about critical race theory. Critical race theory. It's why your woke friend secretly judges you for spoon-feeding your toddler racist subtext every time she watches Bluey. Bluey! For real, you think that was a joke, but if you Google, is Bluey racist, you're going to be like, I knew it! Nothing is sacred, no one is safe, hashtag cancel Bluey. So, hey everyone, how are you? I know it's been a while since I've been in the studio, so to speak, for this show. Kind of a lot to catch up on, educationally speaking, with current events. You know, there was this issue in California recently with the whole ethnic studies requirement addition to high school curriculum, starting with the class of 2030, and I don't live in California So I can only assume that this is one of those many things that actual California people really don't care about even though it affects them directly and the rest of the social media ranting America is weirdly opinionated about even though it affects them not at all. See also bans on plastic grocery bags and the personal life and finances of Elon Musk you know, he can move to Texas, he can move to space, he can sell a stock and change his name to Lord Edge. At this point, it's just like, whatever. There is no headline involving Elon Musk that would surprise me anymore. I have just accepted that at some point, my timeline fractured and I ended up in an alternate universe and this is it. Anyway, ethnic studies, CRT. I don't live in the state of California, but I do live in Tennessee. So of course, I can't talk about critical race theory without giving a friendly little shout out to my own state's legislation on this topic. And for those of you who don't know, in May of this year, Governor Bill Lee signed a measure that can potentially take away state funding from public schools if they teach critical race theory to those young, impressionable volunteers in their classrooms. So specifically, it is now apparently illegal to teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously, end quote, which we all know is code for stop telling our kids that powerful white men screwed up America, right? Right. That's the goal here. Which I think we all have to admit is a tiny bit ironic coming from a state that consciously or subconsciously has never had a black or woman governor, but hey, don't tell that historical fact to the children. I mean, could you imagine if my talking about this on a podcast even remotely implied that Governor Bill Lee's status as a powerful white guy somehow helped him defeat the two Republican women who ran as his primary challengers in 2018, both of whom were largely seen as being more politically experienced and, at least initially in the campaign, more likely to win the nomination? See, I can't even suggest that he in any way defeated them because of his maleness, that would make me sexist against men. And let me tell you, we are not a sexist state over here in Tennessee. We have Pat Summit and Dolly Parton, baby. But you know what I could say? And all of this is true. I could say that Governor Lee was a rich kid who spent over 20 years as the CEO of the family construction company that he inherited and currently has a multi-million dollar personal net worth, proving that America is effectively an oligarchy of the wealthy elite rather than a true people's republic. That one would actually be allowed under Tennessee state law. So, boys and girls, just close your eyes and imagine a raceless, genderless, rich person who became governor, and then we can safely talk about it in public schools. Sound good? All right, so most of you have no idea who Billy is. My Tennessee teacher friends are probably laughing right now, and my other Tennessee friends are about to shut me off here for blasphemy. They're like, why did you recommend this episode to me? But before you do, before you do, don't touch that dial. I'm not even talking about Billy today. He is not the point. That is just some low-hanging fruit on this topic that I had to pick. You know how it is. So stay with me here. I promise. I'm getting to the good stuff. Critical race theory is this buzzword in education right now. And quite frankly, no one, including me, truly understands what it means. The term itself has been around for more than 50 years And in my experience, at least, it means such a variety of things to different people. Is it this sort of reverse racism where we're telling our students to prejudice white people? Well, that's what people like the backers of this Tennessee measure are frankly afraid of. Or is it actually a more inclusive and more equitable way to look at current events? Or is it a more neutral telling of American history? Is it this socially constructed myth about social constructs? This podcast episode is not meant to define the term. I'm not even going to act like I'm qualified to define the term. The whole what is CRT is just not the angle that I want to approach this from because, and here's the spoiler alert, no matter how anyone defines it, I am not a proponent of censorship in public schools. So here we go. So I've got this great Ed Week article in front of me that can at least give us a working starting point, some common language here for our purposes. This is by Stephen Satchuk, uh, May of this year, and he is writing about critical race theory. He says, quote, The core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. A good example is when, in the 1930s, government officials literally drew lines around areas deemed poor financial risk, often explicitly due to the racial composition of inhabitants— banks subsequently refused to offer mortgages to black people in those areas, end quotes. Again, that's Stephen Sachuk, Ed Week article, May 2021. And that's what I think is important to understand. You know, when people talk about this term academically, a lot of times it's like, look at this thing that happened almost 100 years ago in the 1930s. It's had this ripple effect all the way down. And we can have these sorts of debates at a policy level or we can have these debates in a university. But most of us, most, you know, so-called regular people who are just out here trying to teach a class, trying to parent, trying to run a homeschool co-op, most of us are coming at this on an individual level. I am not in a position to legislate fair housing or oversee equal housing lenders. I'm really just out here wondering, hey, what does it look like to teach my kids an appreciation of their country and their heritage and how to be kind and fair and respectful in a world where people are different than they are? It's that age-old question of how do we teach unity, and celebrate diversity at the same time. And that whole duality of unity and diversity kumbaya, much like my dual desires to stay fit and eat a giant bowl of ice cream every time I feel sad, that seemed possible when I was in college. But now that I'm in that career-focused dad bod phase of life, it is a heck of a lot harder to live this out. Well, you're listening to Kicking It New School, so when we are talking about something like how to fight racism, do we teach it more, do we teach it less, do we use different vocabulary, my approach is going to be a little bit different. I don't think that we should give a right answer to our students. And I don't mean some kind of name your truth plurality of multiverses, postmodern, SpaceX, Martian colony, whatever, whatever. No, what I'm talking about, this topic, this whole episode, is really not so much about critical race theory as it is about critical thinking theory. See, the old school approach here is that we need to have a right answer for our students about how to think, about how to act, about how to believe and see the world. School, in the old way of thinking, is where we teach facts and morals. So no matter where you fall on the spectrum here, there's going to be some kind of indoctrination. And I know, that's a strong word, indoctrination. When I say indoctrination, what I really mean is a pushing of a particular view uncritically. It is saying, child, you believe what I tell you because I'm the teacher and I'm right. Or I'm the parent and I'm right. You know, you can question your textbook. You can question the media. You can question Wikipedia, of course, always question Wikipedia, right? You can question YouTube, definitely question TikTok, but don't you dare question me. And that goes both ways. So if on one hand, you have teachers and parents on one side saying America is a racist nation, how dare you say otherwise? And then we have teachers and parents on the other side saying America treats all people equally, how dare you say otherwise? Both of these sides are purporting to have a singular, blanket, right answer for a question that is incredibly nuanced and complex. It's not really that surprising though, is it? This obsession with critical race theory and this overcorrection to either push it everywhere or ban it everywhere does feel like the natural consequence of cancel culture and partisan grandstanding on social media. But I don't want to fall into that trap. And if you're still with me on this episode, that means you don't want to fall into that trap either. How can we take hundreds of millions of people and centuries of history and politics and just uniformly say, is this racist yes or no? Is America racist? Yes or no? Here are the boxes. Check one. Where in that system is there space for kids to actually think? You know, I remember in third grade at my majority white public school in the suburbs, we did our Black History Month project in February. And of course, I had to research a famous black person and make a poster about them. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I had Rosa Parks or somebody, because it's always the usual suspects, right? You know, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, not Malcolm X, because he's a little, uh, and these kids are only in third grade. Like, why is it this magical 28-day window when you're suddenly allowed to learn about Rosa Parks? And why does it have to be in February to teach kids about Martin Luther King? Why is that black history? Shouldn't that just be History. I think one of the reasons that old school curriculums are so obsessed, for lack of a better words, so obsessed with Martin Luther King is not just because of his contribution to the civil rights movement and American politics and oratory, but perhaps it's also because he's safe. Sure, he was all sorts of controversial in his own lifetime, but nowadays it's like, how racist would you have to be to not post a Martin Luther King Jr. meme sometime in February? You know, he's the guy we can all agree on and we can teach our kids to like what he said and I have a dream speech and there you go, that solves racism. But by itself, that is a disservice. If I could go back to my third grade classroom, you know, all respect to my elementary school and teachers, but I would definitely change that assignment. Martin Luther King would just be regular history class because he's an important historical figure. And that should go without saying. But if we were going to do a research project on black individuals, why are we picking people from the 1950s and 60s? Why not pick people alive right now? And what if it wasn't actually pitched as a let's read this person because of the color of her skin or let's watch a video of this person's speech because of the color of his skin? What if it was let's read this person because of her perspective? Let's read this person because her words and her ideas matter, not just to check the diversity box and say, hey, we did it. We're changing the world. Now, I do want to pause and clarify I am not about that whole colorblind parenting nonsense. I think that we absolutely should raise our children to be racially aware, not afraid of noticing race and not afraid of talking about it, You know all that stuff. But the salient thing to learn in school shouldn't be let's look at pictures of someone who looks different than you. The salient thing to learn in school should be let's read the words of someone who thinks differently than you do. When we have that mindset, approaching a topic like critical race theory becomes more productive. In a high school class, let's talk about subsidized housing and urban zoning laws. Let's read some articles on one side of the issue and then some articles on the other side of the issue. Let's talk about California's ethnic studies or Tennessee's curriculum ban. Let's read articles on one side of the issue and then some on the other side of the issue. Reading and writing assignments then become about understanding the diversity of thought, not merely the diversity of physical appearance. Because what this does is it stops students from generalizing. It's not, this ethnic group thinks this. Because it actually doesn't matter what race someone is if they're for or against an ethnic studies course requirement. It actually doesn't matter what sex someone is. When the focus becomes on their words and their ideas and their rhetoric, it becomes a lesson in how one person makes an argument. And perhaps part of that argument is going to be the speaker's own personal experiences identifying with a particular racial or ethnic identity group. But that becomes evidence to the person's argument. That's a rhetorical strategy. It's not the sole reason to ever notice somebody. You see, there's a distinction. In my English classes, when I teach rhetorical analysis, it's about naming persuasive strategies and devices. It's about looking for bias. It's about looking for citations. It's about cross-referencing information, summarizing main points, identifying the purpose and the audience. All of those things are the core of the lesson. So when somebody talks to me about this and says, hey, you know, what do you think? You know, do you think that high schoolers should be learning critical race theory? I say they should read articles from different perspectives. They should write an essay comparing and contrasting those viewpoints. They should be able to articulate the primary arguments on all sides. So if in listening to this, I, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but, but that's my answer. So this is going to end up being a really short podcast episode because that's my answer. The goal of education should not be to indoctrinate our students one way or the other. We are not trying to indoctrinate our students to a liberal way of thinking or a conservative way of thinking. We are not trying to indoctrinate our students to a particular worldview for or against something like critical race theory or anything else. The goal should be to teach critical thinking and fair-minded analysis so that when they grow up, when they become adults in the world, nobody can indoctrinate them. Do you see that when they understand how arguments are made, when they understand that there are always two sides to the story, when they can understand how to recognize a person's particular bias or what sorts of evidence hold weight or what sort of strategies might tug at them logically or on their heartstrings, when they understand what other people are trying to do to them, they can put up defenses, no one can indoctrinate them, and they can actually form their own opinions in the world. See, I'm passionate about this, right? I'm I'm going here. So I'm going to say it again. Instead of taking any issue, whether it's critical race theory or ethnic studies, instead of forcing it down everyone's throats or banning it and forbidding teachers to even mention the words, I still don't really know how that's enforceable, but instead of trying to do that, let kids examine it from all sides. The goal of education should not be to indoctrinate our students it should be to teach those critical thinking and fair-minded analysis skills. Students need to be able to look at an article in support of critical race theory and say, here are the strategies that this author is using, here are their appeals to reason, here are their appeals to emotion, here is their primary audience, here's their purpose, and then recognize those exact same things in an article against critical race theory. Where a student personally falls on the spectrum is actually irrelevant as far as the classroom is concerned. Let that matter when they go to the polling box to vote. Let that matter when they have a career, whether it's a career in civic service or the public sector or the private sector. Let that matter when they are parents or when they're a leader in their faith community or whatever it is. But as far as the classroom is concerned, where a student actually falls on the issue should be irrelevant. We are teaching students how to think. We are not teaching students what to think. So if as a teacher, as an educator, you are creating a safe environment of mutual respect for peers, then it really doesn't matter if they personally disagree on some topics because the lesson is about understanding an argument, not having an argument, and certainly not ignoring an argument that is prevalent in conversations and hundreds of millions of people all across our nation and by the way what i'm talking about doesn't just have to be high school there are age appropriate ways to do this in elementary school even something as innocuous as cats versus dogs or who's the best superhero can happen in a classroom setting that teaches critical thinking and a healthy skepticism of authoritative source material My nightmare is not some alternate universe where every elementary school in Tennessee teaches critical race theory. That's not what I'm afraid of. My nightmare is not every school in California not teaching ethnic studies. My fear is a generation of students who don't know how to judge contrasting viewpoints and think for themselves so if you want to talk more about this or even get some practical help with a cool idea that you have for your homeschool or your classroom, hit me up. I'm an educator and curriculum writer. I am here to serve in whatever way I can. The website is jimmylennardcom slash podcast. Kicking It New School is a podcast about challenging some of the longstanding assumptions in education and exploring how we can reach this current generation. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad to be with you. Until next time, this is Kicking It New School.